Broadcasting live from Lufal. Good morning, Lufal. It's the unofficial Star Wars Rebels podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the season one recap of Good Morning, Lothal, the unofficial Star Wars Rebels podcast. I'm Pete Salas, along with Rolando Zamora. How are we doing, Rolly? I'm great, man. How are you doing, Pete? I'm great. We made it to the end of the season. We made it, and this, this is it. We're here. Big milestone. Yeah. Y- yes, excited. Yes. So today's episode, like we said last week, is going to be a little bit different than the previous ones. It's a season one recap, and we're also going to be looking at a couple comments that we got throughout the season and just kind of like shooting you guys back some uh, some love for sending for reaching out in most cases. So before we get to that, Roly, uh, I want to remind people that uh, it's not too late to like, share and subscribe this podcast. All you got to do, especially on YouTube, hit that little bell with the notifications so that you can know when we drop a new episode you'll get a little notification on that uh share it with your friends let them know any star wars fans in your life let them know that there's two semi-cool dudes who like to talk about star wars (laughs) on a weekly basis that they can watch so very much appreciate if you do that so like i said we are not going to be reviewing a particular episode today we're just going to be recapping the season and just kind of general discussion but before we get to all that roly what's happening around the galaxy let's see what's happening this week in Star Wars. So another relatively quiet week in the galaxy, but we do have a couple of things of note that I want to touch on aside from our birthday section. Number one, the Book of Boba Fett and Star Wars Visions have received Emmy nominations in various categories. So I thought that was some really awesome news. Um, I have not personally finished watching Visions. <laughs> kind of hurts for me to say that as a Star Wars fan. I do need to get back and do that, especially since Visions is going to drop a second season. So that kind of gives you some insight into the success of that. And you know what's funny, Pete? I actually saw some rumors just like yesterday as of a second season of Book of Boba Fett, which I, you know, I'm, I, I want to follow up and see if anything develops out of that. But apparently, I would have Um, assumed I would have assumed that they would have made a second season. I'm still kind of in shock because like uh, it did seem like they added some closure to Boba towards the end there. But, you know, I'd love to see a second season of that show, given the the circumstances that I wasn't really like fully content with the first season. So if there's a way they can, you know, give me more of it and then Mm -hmm. like really get into Boba's character a bit more, I'm all for it. So that I'm I'm gonna wait and see this week if how that develops. But apparently it was kind of like a leak on like a Spanish Disney Plus title screen. So I wonder how true that is or maybe it's a fake and I'm just being (laughs) duped. But you never know. More often than not in this fandom, these things that even if they're not true, it's just like the fandom manifested into existence. So to say, and sometimes it ends up being like a really awesome thing. I think of Rosario Dawson basically being fan casted, and sure enough, she shows up and she's Ahsoka. (laughs) No, that's that's I mean, switching gears over to the Marvel Universe was exactly what happened with Reed Richards. Everybody wanted John exactly to to be him, and they gave it to us. And whether it was a one shot or not, you know, we got it. You can't say that we didn't get it, what we wanted, yeah. So the are the fan voice is definitely heard especially when it's like under the best circumstances right 
right and it's not the the normal complaining it's like oh we the fans we want to see this and you know sure enough they show up and it's just like right it's completely awesome because it feels like we're definitely part of the universe as well because of those things yeah we're all producers we, they sh- we should list <laughs> should list all of us at the end of the credits <laughs> um and go, go ahead. ahead okay i was gonna say just speaking of visions like um i remember when we were doing the uh we were ranking the tv show spinoffs and it was not on the list of, of for it and i guess it's because you hadn't finished it right but that oh so no or did actually, you forget did, it <laughs> no 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 <laughs> no um actually I, I wanted to follow the TikTok trend the, all, and they specifically did the seven uh tv series that we listed and i'm per- pretty sure visions was not included on that because visions is short stories each individual episode is a different like short story of some version of star wars in an anime universe that the creator wanted to to showcase i believe that's called an like an anthology series or something like that right i think you would know better than kind of like each each episode is its own individual serialized show up like story okay yeah anyway uh and then in other news in this week in star wars i excluded a bit of detail in our previous this week in star wars so this is this news actually from a couple of weeks ago that i want to catch up on i think pete actually asked me about this and i gave the wrong answer so the think of this as almost like a an editor note as well uh there was more specifics given on the andor series that's coming up here very soon uh next month i believe in august so they did already specifically say Andor is going to be two seasons and they're each going to be 12 episodes, which I think is incredibly awesome because wow. as much as I have, as much as I've been enjoying these six uh, episode series that Star Wars and Marvel have been doing, I always feel left wanting a bit more. And what's really awesome is they're already giving a time uh, a timeline of exactly what you're going to see so i don't see it as fluff i think we're going to get continuous like non-stop story and action in it excellent so they specifically came out and said the first season is going to spend five years of andor's life so basically you're gonna you're looking like from two to three episodes of one year of progress so the story is going to move for certain and then in the second season you're talking it's going to span four years so between two seasons it's going to be nine years of of cassian's life you know leading into rogue one so i'm really excited to see it after reading the details that they gave on that oh sweet that's cool i uh i mean I'm hopeful that maybe Jin Arso shows up. I know that they don't meet until Rogue One, but like that would be awesome because I have a major crush on her. That's the only reason I want to see her. <laughs> She's got those bunny teeth and I love her. Anyway. Yeah, she's such a cool character too in, in the, the show, or rather in the movie, even though we only got the the one movie with her. It's just a really awesome character from like really like a non-rebel standpoint. Like she's kind of just brought into it, but she's very much neutral. So I thought it was a really awesome movie just to kind of go back to Rogue One a bit. Now I want to watch it again. But anyway. <laughs> Isn't that like your most rewatched one? I, it, it, like it, your favorite film? It might overall? be. It, because it's it's just like what we were talking about. It's like a beginning, middle and end complete story right there. And yeah, you know, it's just it's just freaking awesome. It's just an amazing amazing movie anyway and i also think it's like it's because since it's standalone you can kind of like comfortably put it on and not feel like i oh now i gotta watch three right prequel movies or three original trilogy movies and so forth so right. yeah and i a, really like the one of the the new characters that showed up i really like for i love forrest whitaker period i love everything he's in but that yes. character of saw guerrero was just it was a really good uh you know character i, I really enjoyed that one 
Yeah, and I love how we get Saw Gerrera in Clone Wars also. Right. I, he he does come out, and you, you know what? I note on that animated. Let's talk about animated features. Saw Gerrera actually came out in Clone Wars before he came out in Rogue One. So ah. there you go. Just fun well, fact. That is a fun fact. Was it? Uh, <laughs> I mean, okay. Now, granted, I'm I was new to Clone Wars, so I'm pretty sure I watched that afterwards. So I guess to me. Yeah. I saw him first in the live action version so that's that's cool yeah no same here because when immediately when i saw saw Guerrero show up in clone wars you know because i really i recently watched clone wars for the first time during the pandemic like 2019 so i was like wait a minute the cogs are explaining i was like he came out in this before we saw him in rogue one so they were already pulling yeah. from the the cartoons at that point which is i thought was super awesome so let's get to birthdays we got a, a lot of big name birthdays this week uh number one ben burt he is the original sound designer for most of the entire star wars Sweet. film saga yeah i'm uh, i'm i'm always appreciative whenever like the spotlight is shown on the people behind the scenes because i am a person behind the scenes for a lot of productions so you know it's really nice to be uh noticed and uh appreciated so I, i'm pretty is he the I, you wouldn't know this but I was telling my son the other day, like he was he was watching Star Wars, and I told him, you know, the sound that that sound of the of the blaster is actually a pipe wrench hitting one of those cables that's attached to the phone poles. That's how they got that sound. And he was like, "What? No way!" And I'm like, "No, seriously." So we looked up a video, yeah. and and it was like, "Nope, sure enough, that's how they got the sound. It was just something that simple became a blaster sound." So I'm curious if he's one of the ones that came up with that. So anyway, oh no, I'm, I'm definitely. I've seen a lot of those old like behind the scenes, anything Star Wars related, and this guy always comes up because he's such he has such a huge contribution to the Star Wars universe. And every time I see it, I'm like mind like it's mind blowing to me because it, how do you start from nothing? You're just you're told that this is a I need you to make this sound like right. how do you know to go to said objects exactly. to start creating it and it's just like we see it on the screen and we're spoiled it's like well that's the sound of the TIE fighter with that screech or right. that's the sound of the blaster and this guy is behind the scenes he in scenes and he invented it like right. it's it's really some like overlooked like very intricate well designed work yeah so it is, it is always overlooked so I'm, I'm really glad to uh especially going back to that ilm documentary i'm pretty sure that's going to be mentioned but anyway um yeah, for, no, sure. That, for sure i'm glad you added him to the list because yes he was definitely a big part of this uh, series that we love yeah absolutely and then we also have harrison ford who of course han solo so his birthday was july 13th uh, ben Burtz was July 12th, just for clarification. Speaking of Forrest Whitaker, Forrest Whitaker, July 13th as well. And he is Saw Guerrero in Rogue One. And then here's one of my favorite characters, P. I'm sure you might agree on. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She voices L337 in Solo. And that was uh, the the droid that uh, Lando Calrissian may or may not have been, uh, you know, <laughs> having, having <laughs> relations with. <laughs> he's a smooth Dude. talker as you said yeah i loved how they make the connection to um empire strikes back specifically because in solo they they basically go on to tell you that l3 becomes part of the millennium falcon and as soon as they they plug her head into it she kind of said i have to I have to see the film i haven't seen it in a while but they basically kind of plug her like her dome into mm -hmm. the falcon right and it's funny because if you think back to the original trilogy the falcon communicates back they always tell c3po talk to the falcon and see what's yeah, going that's, on that's true i never thought of it that way yeah and 3po i remember an empire specifically tells han like i don't know 
where your ship learned its manners but it's incredibly <laughs> rude he says something along those lines oh and i remember God. when i first saw solo and and they showed the sass that this character has which is amazing uh -huh. i was like i immediately thought of that scene i was like man how cool how, like they did such an amazing job connecting l3 to the dialogue that c3po gives in right. a movie that was made in 1980 so that is that dude that's mind i never even thought of that that's the the foresight to to have that I guess maybe it's not foresight because they didn't think of it back then, but just to like connect the dots like that, that is, that's pretty incredible. I did not think about that. Not to mention the actress that plays, well, Phoebe, uh, have you seen her, her show on, I think it's Amazon. It's called Fleabag. I have not. I was kind of looking into the, it's really her funny. filmography when I was looking this up because I was like, she looks familiar, but I couldn't actually pinpoint her to anything. So yeah, she, I, she got her own show a couple years ago called Fleabag. And I think it went to like season two or three they might be making a new one i'm not sure but i know she was emmy nominated she might have even won i'm not sure but it is a really funny show and uh she's just got that same kind of wit and sass and she's kind of a <laughs> she's kind of a, a piece of shit a little bit but that's kind of like her charm <laughs> and the thing about her is like kind of like deadpool she's always breaking the fourth wall and talking directly to the, the to the camera so it's it's a it's a pretty good series i, I recommend you you check it out if you like yeah it. i gotta check that one out for sure and then last on our birthday list to round it out, Billy Lord, July 17th. She plays Lieutenant Connix in the sequel trilogy. And for anybody who's not too familiar with more of her background, she is actually Carrie Fisher's daughter. So right. Right. I thought it was really cool that she got to share those moments with her mother in the sequel trilogy before Carrie Fisher, unfortunately, passed away. So that, that's that gotta be awesome. awesome. I was really glad to see the, them interacting, even if it was computer generated in some scenes, but that was pretty cool. All right, so moving on to some viewer comments. I, we've been saying all season that we're going to talk about, uh, you know, wh whoever has been writing in and has been so gracious as to drop us some comments and some love. So we're just going to kind of show the spotlight on you for a minute and uh, go back and rewind back to episode one. I don't exactly remember what it is, Roly, you were talking about, but <laughs> Tanya Martinez says, Roly is right. Investing time into watching a series was definitely harder to do than sitting for a couple hours for a movie. But in this case, in the case of Rebels, it was worth it. Looking forward to season to episode two. So um, we want to thank uh, Tanya for writing in. Is uh, do we know Tanya? Or is it yeah, Tanya is a okay. yeah. Tanya is a good friend of mine. She's an ex coworker. Her and her husband Danny Solis, who's actually the next co uh, <laughs> commenter here, they're very supportive. Not only are they good, really good friends of mine, but they've been very supportive in the podcast. And I, I called Tanya. I told her ages ago, "Hey, because you need to watch." the animated series she's another padawan basically like you were <laughs> right he, uh and sure enough she she got i think she kind of struggled through season one of the clone wars and then sure enough she got into season two and it was just like a freight train for her yeah. and she just got engulfed with it and i i don't remember if she kind of brought danny into it but danny messages me all the time and uh he comments a lot on our channel and i can tell he's just like i feel like i've made them even more star wars fans even after they finished the the series because they're in, they're engaged with our podcast they're like weekly listeners which i'm you know i'm very appreciative of them for it but i'm also enjoying that i think i am pulling them even deeper into the star wars rabbit hole that i'm like completely consumed in so i'm loving it so I mean, thanks tanya and danny i appreciate it yeah i mean if it, to, just to pad what you're saying there that was his exact comment it says i too blame roly for my renewed obsession in star wars great podcast so thank you both <laughs> Tanya and Danny, we really appreciate it. Moving on to another friend of ours, 
I like to affectionately call him Psycho Mike. Psycho Mike <laughs> Zuniga says, Nothing makes me happier to see fans talk about Rebels and Clone Wars. Dave Filoni and his team work so diligently on these shows, and it's a credit to their story slash universe and these shows that sets the foundation for the live action shows like Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. They just become so much more enjoyable, especially when you've been a diehard fan of Star Wars since the original trilogy. Great podcast, guys. I love it. So thank you so much, Mike, for that. Mike, yeah, you thanks, are Mike. Definitely a super fan. Yeah, and Mike makes it a point to message message me specifically early on Wednesdays, mind you. I'm still preparing my social media post for our <laughs> podcast drop, and he's already like, "I just I just listened to the podcast, great episode. You guys did such a great job." And I'm just like, "Thanks, Mike. I'm just about to shower, barely for the day, <laughs> but I appreciate it." Mike, why aren't you messaging me, man? I want to hear from you too. But anyway, uh, moving on. Miguel Gutierrez messaged us from episode three, and he says Grievous's guards are called Magna guards. I guess I remember you were talking about the we were talking about the bow staff, like the electrified yes. bow staff that that uh, Zeb carries, and you said it's kind of like Grievous's guards, but you couldn't remember what they were called. So thank you, Mike, Miguel, excuse me, for. Um, putting it out there it, they're called yeah Magna i actually cards. spoke to him when he when he commented he was like i made a comment and i feel like i came off critical but that wasn't my <laughs> intent and i was like no man like those are the comments that i like to see and i always say it in their episodes like if i say something incorrect or you want to give better detail on it by all means so when he told me magnet guards i was like yeah you know thanks for letting me know because that is something i would have never even looked up uh so right. i like to be as best informed as i can so great example of dropping the comments and dropping a correction or a detail that i i love it <laughs> thank you so here's a name you're gonna hear a couple times because this is another super fan of ours lubaka great name lubaka says <laughs> the tie fighters are arguably the worst ship in star wars not because of its appearance which is metal af but because of its design they have no shields this shows how little the empire cared about its military service members but also its confidence great point Very we much. don't care we don't care that our fighters have no shields we have the numbers and we will overwhelm you the empire could have included shields but never did a-holes hashtag support <laughs> the stormtroopers <laughs> excellent thank you for that uh lubaka and yes you're absolutely right the the design looks badass but yes there are no shields on it it's basically looks like a flying lamp you know like with two two shades on, on its side but that's it yeah absolutely and great points on the the empire it kind of speaks to the, the the goofiness that i've spoken about how they just overlook so much because in their point of view they're they're unstoppable like they're unmatched they've already won the war so they can afford to just like not pay attention to petty things and apparently those petty things include their tie fighter pilots safety. <laughs> exactly <laughs> So from episode four, Lubaka once again hits us with, for a split second, I thought Luminara herself was alive doing force projection. So did I. Then I realized that she was dead dead. Then I thought maybe she was doing force stuff beyond the grave. But then why would Luminara's force ghost be in prison garbs and cuffs? Makes no sense. Who would do that? I never considered it was anything other than a hologram versus Sith, Sith sorcery. I don't recall seeing a projection device, so I'm now thinking sorcery. And that kind of hits what you were saying, which is you were reading that book where um, is it Dark Disciple? The, the, the book that you were reading that was uh, this one, 
this one uh he's making reference to uh path of destruction the darth bane trilogy okay. that's what it was yeah okay. the is a really good friend of mine who i also dragged into reading the darth bane trilogy with me and him and another friend of mine they absolutely loved it we couldn't stop raving about that book so i'm i'm happy that he started making those connections with the with with our rebels podcast as well so right so from episode seven Lubaka says, it's hard to have a definite top three, so I'll just provide some of my favorites from Clone Wars specifically. I think this is when we were talking about ranking our favorite uh, Jedi's. Yeah, or... I think uh, Force Wielders make. I think I think the original question was favorite characters, favorite and I was characters like, I don't general. know. I can't rank. I can't mix the, the non-Force Wielders and Force Wielders together. So right. I just went with Force Wielders. <laughs> okay, yeah. So our favorite characters from the uh, from the show. So uh, this was uh, his list. Number one is Ahsoka for a thousand reasons, obviously. Number two was Obi-Wan, especially related to his relationship with Anakin, his feud with Maul, and his relationship with a certain Mandalorian, and how that is juxtaposed with his guidance of Anakin regarding attachments. Yeah, and for clarity, uh, for anybody who hasn't seen Clone Wars yet, Lubaka is actually referring to Obi-Wan's desire for a relationship with the uh, Duchess Satine, who was actually the queen of Mandalore and Bo-Katan's sister. So right. really awesome uh, reference you dropped there, Lou. Appreciate it. And then his third one is, of course, the clones. I know that's really several characters, but I'll narrow it down to five, to fives and Rex specifically regarding their roles and actions related to order 66 so for him to put the clones uh, those clones and spe uh, specifically as on his list of favorites that's that's pretty cool because yes it, it is true especially what he's saying about order 66 and them not following it yeah and again to for anybody who hasn't seen clone wars anybody that i can send down that <laughs> that path i i tell them pay attention to the names of the clones from the beginning because i remember you get far into it and you mm -hmm. realize such the such an important role that they play and you're like man i wish i was like paying attention when they were talking about fives when they were talking about echo you know getting into the bad batch and they just they all play this role if a name is dropped on a clone in the clone wars they play a significant role in the series so appreciate the shout out to fives there i don't think i wasn't expecting that one but yeah, that no, is a great arc in that's season a, that's a deep six cut. of clone wars yeah <laughs> so gm day 1121 this is their list <laughs> what green day green day 1121 okay oh that's a grn excuse me yeah. i thought it was gm okay that makes it green day 1121 sorry maybe if it would help if i did this hold on a second oh there yeah there we go <laughs> <laughs> anyway um he just put on his glasses by the way for the right. audio listeners <laughs> <laughs> so anyway their list is uh ahsoka number one again number two is thrawn and number three is maul now i want to circle back and say thrawn is a badass character and i can't say too much about him because he plays into future episodes that we haven't gotten to yet but yes. he is definitely became one of my top 10 let's just say characters maybe even top five no maybe top 10 but anyway he is a <laughs> badass character and i'm glad that the green day 1121 put them on their list yes danny solis top three jedi qui-gon jinn mace windu and ahsoka tano so I don't know if that's in any particular order, but those are three definite, uh, I would say that uh, if we're talking Jedis, those got to be in the top five for sure. 
Yeah, and I noticed that he edited the comment because he originally wrote Mace Windy. So <laughs> when I saw that, I immediately texted him and I was like, dude, I'm dying. I saw Windy and it was it just rolled off the tongue like perfectly. And I thought it was hilarious. And he actually texted me back. He's like, well, coincidentally, you could technically say he was blown off of the the, the office or the senator's office. And I, yep. I just started laughing even more. I was like, touche. <laughs> that is funny, man. Okay, so from episode nine, Danny Solis again says, awesome episode. I really enjoy any episode that Master Yoda comes out in and shares wisdom in his signature confusing way. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. This, this is in reference to when um, Yoda came out as the guiding light spheres or whatever in that episode to to lead uh, when they went into the, not, the Jedi like, Temple. Jedi, it was a Jedi. Yeah. That's what yeah. it was. Tanya says, since Roly went off topic, I'm going to take it more off topic. In the grand scheme of things, couldn't it be possible that Quinlan Boss could have been the one who rescued Grogu? Since Tala says that he's been smuggling younglings, so maybe we don't see his full story here, but we do see him in Mandem. Thoughts on that? Yeah, excellent point, Tanya. For starters, this is actually a reference because we were somewhat analyzing the kenobi series yes i think it is very possible that quinlan voss could be the one that rescued grogu i uh, clearly he's alive now we have uh we have clarity that, on that from the kenobi series we didn't see him like i was kind of at least hoping to get a cameo from but i i'm also happy because that leaves the possibility we're gonna get some more on him in some type of different series uh, i actually kind of hope that it was uh barris offy that rescues grogu because barris offy actually betrays the jedi order in clone wars and i just think it would have like such a great character arc for her for her to come back and actually be the one to you know to rescue grogu and like bring her back to the light because if you recall or rather if i recall correctly i don't believe barris offy was totally like misguided in what her thought process was not to come off as too sith pete is the sith and you know in this relationship <laughs> but uh <laughs> her actions definitely were uncalled for but her reasoning like i said it wasn't totally unfounded so i think that it would be really cool for to, for barris offy to come back it would be i think it would be cool if she comes out in the ahsoka series because she developed such a strong bond with ahsoka in the clone wars so if Ahsoka plays any role in that, I think that would be really awesome. No, no, that's that's true. Any new characters that bring in Jedi's that we only have seen cameos of, heard of, or maybe seen in the animated version to see them in live action is, I mean, I'm looking forward to that no matter what. Yeah, for sure. So uh, from episode 10, Tanya Martinez once again says, when Roly said he thinks Omega is the first Force-sensitive clone, I think she's a Force-sensitive clone along with Grogu. I still want to believe he's a clone. I never thought of it that way, that Grogu was a clone based on, on off of Yoda's DNA or something like that, I would suppose. Yeah, I think it's possible. I, I wouldn't totally put it off because in Attack of the Clones, if I'm not mistaken, if you remember, Yoda leaves on his own to go check out the cloning facilities and he shows up with the clone army to to rescue the jedi when they're right, at the right. battle of geonosis so i wouldn't totally put it past them if yoda some for whatever reason decided to tamper with that or, or maybe he I'd knew have that, to, maybe he yeah. knew that like his species was pretty much extinct after him so he wanted to continue it something like that yeah i mean there is a possibility on that we're definitely gonna get get get, get into some type of cloning conversation between the bad batch and I, I'd still like to see it in the Mandalorian because they they showed the beginning of the clones, like the, the Snoke like 
clones at the end of Mando season two. And definitely they want Grogu for cloning related purposes. The Empire keeps trying to to get him. So I right. think that there is something to that for sure. Okay. Uh, so Danny Solis says, definitely not what I was expecting in the Obi-Wan series. Don't get me wrong. I'm really liking what they did with it and his guardianship over Leia. I was expecting to see a lot of flashbacks, like in Boba, him dealing with his failures with Anakin and a lot of training moments the way Yoda instructed. My thought was Disney would try to explain how he was able to evade the Empire for so long, but him being a hero and savior made for a better story. That is true. Guess they really couldn't tell us a story of how he's the last of his kind when we know there's so many Jedi and Force-sensitive individuals alive and adventuring around the galaxy well put i that is that is a very good point i mean i just to expand on what you said um yes making him the hero and savior is obviously what they wanted to do for his series but mm -hmm. it, it yeah it, it would have it, it would have made more sense to to show a little bit more flashbacks of of the period between right after uh right after vader is you know that the fight on mustafar and there of how he was able to hide and whatnot but they just yeah right and i and and i know danny uh dropped this comment because if you guys remember i was kind of like already getting kind of a little frustrated i think it was like episode four of obi-wan right uh and i take full responsibility for that because i always preach patience and my impatience <laughs> showed there but it, i was concerned because i was like there's only two episodes left and i don't know what's where the story is going and the thankfully deborah chow and the the team at Disney just like completely yeah. pulled me out of that like rabbit hole of concern because they absolutely smashed the last two episodes of Obi-Wan and as for me you know my thought process is like you see you got to stick to your guns you have to let the story develop finish in this case and those last two episodes were easily some of the best Star Wars content I've ever seen period so series ended up being an incredible success in my opinion Okay, side note right now. Um, did you see that they, I've seen several postings of some fan who made like a, a two and a half hour edit of the Obi-Wan show, took all six episodes, four and a half hours or whatever it, it you know adds up to and chopped it down to a concise movie, a two and a half hour movie. Have you, did you hear about that? I did not, but I mean, based off of my concern from some of the, the, the middle uh, episodes, I can imagine that they probably came out amazing and I, I'd be interested to see that. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. I, I pretty sure I have it open on a tab somewhere, but I have not actually pulled the trigger to watch it. But now that's something to look into and I guess hurry up and watch it before it gets pulled down. <laughs> okay, moving on to from episode 11. I am Batman 49 says like the podcast but starting to lose interest i know there's a lot going on in the world of star wars currently but only getting 15 minutes of rebels per show is starting to lose me now we were debating whether we were going to actually highlight this one because it seems like a bit of a criticism but we are equal opportunists is that correct Broly? yeah that's correct when i saw this comment uh i think at that point we were talking about doing the comments on one of the episodes and i told pete no i want to show this because this is again I appreciate the feedback on what the viewers and the listeners want to see. And I remember at inception of our podcast, we kind of like how much current Star Wars do we do? Because there's two things I think we're dealing with. There's people that they haven't seen the animated series, so they're not going to want to listen to a Rebels podcast when they haven't even seen Clone Wars. 
And then number two is, you know, what about the people that have already seen Rebels? Are they going to want to rewatch it and follow along with our podcast? And I love this comment because that's the audience that I wanted to target. And uh, I'm Batman 49. Thank you so much for pointing out that Rebels was your priority in our podcast because we you know we're trying to satisfy the audience. I love talking about current Star Wars, but when you dropped this comment, I thought, you know what, you're here for what I, you know, for what we're here for. Uh, and you're kind of like the guy who, instead of like stopping us after he's done, we're done talking about current Star Wars, you actually want to jump to that portion. Right. And after you, after that comment was dropped, I was like, you know what? Um, I really do need, we really do need to make a more healthier balance of Rebels and current Star Wars. We include current Star Wars, not necessarily to, to, you know, to cater to people that haven't seen Rebels, but because it ties into Rebels, everything in the Star Wars universe meshes together. And I want to showcase that. So when Kenobi was coming out, you know, I want to showcase the stuff that stands out that ties into, to Rebels. And there's stuff in that show that I can't talk about yet because it's it references to future rebels episodes so it's gonna come back but yeah that was our thing there and specifically on that episode i do also apologize that is the one where i had a severely horrible internet connection so there towards the end it legitimately was a very short rebels analysis because right. I, I was trying to, I, we, I was frustrated and i wanted us to get to the end of the recording so that pete didn't have a miserable time editing <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, that's also part of the reason on that. I apologize. But again, thanks so much for, you know, for being transparent. And I I love the fact that I there are true Rebels fans tuning in and listening to our podcast for that reason. So thanks. Right. And just as from a production standpoint, like I know you guys never see the, the behind the scenes, but like when I'm editing this thing and on my timeline, it's broken up into sections. It's got intro. It's got week in Star Wars. It's got, you know, the birthdays and everything, all of our segments that we do. And you can see the just based on the size of the, the clips. And after this comment, we I, I can tell you for sure the Rebels uh, portion at the very end before the outro has been the biggest segment moving forward. So we really are trying to, you know, we are a Star Wars Rebels rewatch podcast. So we're going to talk more about Star Wars Rebels. So that was all thanks to I am Batman 49. So if you're still listening, you're still watching. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, hope he is. <laughs> Okay, so moving on. Psycho Mike once again says, as per Google, the Waterboy, Meet Joe Black, and The Siege premiered at the Phantom Menace trailer in 1998. So it, if I had to guess, it was probably the Waterboy that I went and watched four or five times because, I mean, that movie is just hilarious to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> I've never actually seen Meet Joe Black. Still haven't for the last 23 years. So I don't know. And The Siege, I probably watched that once at home. But so if I had to guess, then yes, it was The Waterboy that I kept going and going and going because not only did I get a funny ass movie, I also got The Phantom Menace trailer before it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, from num uh, episode 13, we had an editor's note. Uh, I guess Roly said, I incorrectly referenced Chopper as Spectre 6, who is actually Ezra Bridger. Chopper is actually Spectre 3. Sorry, Chop. So. Yeah, again, go. apologies to Chopper directly. <laughs> so I gave him the very last Spectre number when he clearly merited number three right, right. after Kanan and Hera. So <laughs> big mishap, big mistake there. Right. I'm pretty sure he would have knocked me off right off the ghost as well after saying yes, that. Yes, he would have. <laughs> um, 
Lubaka's back and he says, I'm convinced that Rebels the Rebels Alliance characters have a high stealth stat. There's a ton of goofy scenes where such characters sneak past Imperials, the latest one being the scene in Kenobi where Obi-Wan and Leia sneak right past Imperials by covering themselves in an oversized coat. Very Scooby-Doo type stuff. LOL. So yeah, that's obviously in reference to the what he said. It was when that oversized coat thing which got a lot of heat online about that and got some criticism but i didn't mind it i thought it was cute anything involving leia was cute to me so i mean <laughs> i didn't have a problem with it but yeah he's right there's there are a lot of scenes not only in in that scene and other um scenes where they really try to paint the imperials specifically the stormtroopers as like really really stupid like they're just kind of like aloof kind of guards so this was just another example of it. Okay, so episode 14, Danny Solis. I love this comment. He says, I think I cried when Ahsoka was revealed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's funny. That He's, of course, making reference to the season finale where Fulcrum is revealed to be Ahsoka. And that was a really big moment. And uh, it was enough to make a grown man cry. So that's pretty cool. Yep, I'm, I'm with you on that one, Danny. That's exactly <laughs> how I felt when I saw Rebels for the first time. <laughs> so uh, those comments were from YouTube, people that have been watching since day one, a couple of them, and we really appreciate everybody who did that. Uh, we got a couple on Facebook. Uh, there was a couple that I ha wanted to highlight. Mike Zuniga, once again, Psycho Mike, says, some same goes for the podcast. He dropped a little gif that said, I wouldn't be the person I am today if it wasn't for Star Wars. And he says, same goes for the podcast. Love what you all do. And that was really cool of him to say. And, uh, you know, Broly replied and said, thank you, Mike. Very much appreciated. And Mike had more to say because he came back and said, heck yeah, man. Much deserved <laughs> podcast was great today. So he really appreciated it. I believe we were talking about the, this was just this, this past week, right? Talking yeah, the final, the season one finale, which if you guys haven't heard and you're like, kind of like just, you follow our channel, go watch that one. I was super happy and very content with how we analyzed that last episode. So <laughs> it was a, it was overall our best episode. Uh, moving on to Instagram, uh, Lubaka found us on Instagram and he said, congrats on reaching the season finale. It was fire. Thank you. Thank you again, Lubaka. And then shut up Alec, who's a friend of mine from back in the day, my radio station days. He said, it's dope with the rock and roll Hanson. <laughs> so nice. Thank you very much, Alec, for he was a, he was one of the first ones. In fact, that comment came off of the promo that we made, you know, 15 weeks ago announcing the show. So he's been listening since day one. So we really appreciate that. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. All right, Rolly. Well, that that closes the comment, uh, the listener comments section. So we wanted to uh, roll into the recap of season one. What specifically did you did you want to talk about that? I guess for starters, you know, what were your thoughts on season one overall after specifically after you've seen this, uh, I guess this will be now your second viewing Pete. Yes. What do you think of season one? Well, it's interesting. Um, and I was preparing for this question. Um, the first time I watched it after you said, Hey man, you got to go watch it with, I just, I binged it. So I was watching the you know, three or four a night, you know, that kind of thing. And I was just like burning through them to try and get the story, not only because I wanted to accomplish my goal of, of watching it, but also because I it was so intriguing that I, I just kept having to watch more and more and more. This time around, I'm watching it more like a traditional series that drops every week. You know what I'm saying? Because like I'm, mm -hmm. I watch it right before we record. So it's kind of like it, it gives me that week to process and to buffer, not to mention the fact that, you know, we're doing this podcast. So it's the 
the general Star Wars talk that gets weaved into it, it kind of like expands, you know, my my universe, so to speak. It expands my uh, the way that I view it through that prism of a whole different of a whole different light. So it's it's almost like watching it again for the first time. I guess is long answer uh, to say that, but I I very much enjoyed it. There were a couple of of dips, a couple of filler episodes that we talked about, but overall there was out of the the what is it, fifteen episodes that there were, I would say. 10 of them were actual standouts that really, really pushed that storyline forward. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I know that it's going to get even better. So I'm really looking forward to jumping into season two next week. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that, on the whole binging thing. This is the, fr- this is the let's say the third time that I've watched Rebel. So I've rewatched it once. So this is my second rewatch, technically. Now that we're doing it episode by episode, the level of detail that I'm catching on every individual episode is just, it's so much higher than before. I felt when I rewatched it the second time, it was great because now I'm aware of the beginning and the end, the character development, and I'm seeing that character development and paying more attention to it at the beginning of the series going through. But this time around, it's like, man, it's I'm catching new things um, and I'm loving it even more. Specifically in season one, I always tell my friends, season one of Rebels is a little bit rough. It, it really picks up steam season two, three, and four. But after doing this podcast and doing it episode by episode, I think you're right. There's way more great episodes in season one than I really gave it credit for. So I'm definitely going to change my, you know, thought process and comments on it after seeing the season one, because there there really were a lot of great episodes. And it's something that I'm pro- probably personally going to be comparing to once I get into season two, because I, I give so season two, three and four so much more praise in the past over this season. And now I'm thinking maybe I'm. Maybe I was a bit mistaken on that one. So right. I, it, it's a, it's, I've thoroughly enjoyed season one. I thought we were going to have more filler and I was totally wrong. So great, <laughs> great start to Rebels. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Did, did you have any standout episodes that were your favorites? Yeah, I had a few. One of them for sure coming off that big season finale, finale Fire Across the Galaxy. Uh, right my favorite character Ahsoka Tano shows up the the stakes are high it's just a great all-around episode from beginning to end if you guys remember I loved Ezra's speech and call to action that's one yeah. of those details that I'm pointing out when you know it took me three times to watch that episode right to realize the importance of that scene and yes I did indeed YouTube bookmark that speech because I love <laughs> it so much uh I loved the idiots array episode which was the Lando episode yes. it's a fun episode Me but too. like we like we said the adding Billy D Williams as the voice it just really added a lot of, to Lando's character for me and uh if you remember one of our earliest podcasts it's actually the second episode of rebels it was called droids in distress that's the one where r2d2 and c3po mm-hmm. show up and again uh, just a fun episode but I don't know if maybe it's just the nostalgia, but I loved how you saw the interaction between R2 and Chopper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was super cool because I think R2 is the original like sassy droid. And then right. every single time something new comes out, it's like, okay, how do we take the sass and just increase it? And Chopper is like at the complete like opposite, not opposite end, but like the complete like ultimate form of droid sass. So. I like the interaction there. Um, if I didn't touch on any of, what about you, Pete? As far as favorite episodes, 
I think I, I obviously the the season finale was amazing. I, it you can't you can't really top that one with the big reveals at the end and and uh, of course ending it with Vader and his breathing is always going to make be the top for me. Um, <laughs> but the the two that stand out to me, one of them you mentioned, Idiots Array, I did love it just simply because of Billy D. Williams, like you said. But if I had to pick like a one B as far as my favorite episodes, I really really enjoyed the Path of the Jedi episode, which was when uh, yes when they walked when they had to go through the the Jedi Temple. That is. Uh, a, a lot of stuff happened there. I mean, it it, it showed Kanan starting to accept his role as master of of, of Ezra Bridger. It it showed uh, obviously Ezra Bridger going into his uh, stepping into the shoes of, of what of what a great Jedi is supposed to be. I love the the way that the temple was kind of messing with their heads and those uh, visions that he was having. I loved that he got his lightsaber uh, kyber crystal at the end. And of course, what's not to love about uh, Frank Oz reprising the role of Yoda with a voice guiding him. So there was a lot of cool stuff that happened in that that I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, absolutely. I can't believe I didn't include that episode. That's a oversight on my part. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Who would you say is your favorite ghost crew member after <sighs> seeing season one? I saw that. I saw that on your list here, and I'm like, God, what am I, what am I supposed to say to this? Um, as soon as I wrote that question, even until this point, I don't have my answer. But <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. I'm gonna let you go first. Okay. If I had to choose, if I had to, had to, had to choose. It's hard not to say Kanan Jarrus uh, because of the fact that he's the leader and he's the the Jedi master and he's kind of the the more most grounded character in in the Star Wars lore. Now, as far as like a fun character, when I watched it the first time, I think I texted you this. I said Zeb is going to be my favorite character in this because he's just <laughs> he's he's a fun like kind of a jerk, kind of a bully character and i love the the interaction with him and, and ezra but i'm gonna go wild card here and i'm gonna say chopper is my favorite character <laughs> of the ghost series did um, you go wild card because i feel like that's an, <laughs> that's a slam dunk easy one to say <laughs> i i can't okay then if you're gonna put me on the spot i really can't decide so i'm gonna go with my gut and i'm gonna say zeb is my favorite character favorite uh, ghost crew member i really appreciate that you're having trouble with it because that speaks volumes to how much each character like contributes to this show because it's hard for me to choose to even if i even if the question even if you ask me can you rank them i would be like uh i'd be switching my list constantly but for me from season one i think my favorite ghost crew member definitely does have to be specter one kanan jarris the reason i say that is if you guys recall i like i said when i first started watching rebels kanan wasn't my favorite character he was probably my least favorite character right but you know specifically referencing uh path of the jedi and then of course the season finale you see kanan take these huge steps in his role as a master to ezra bridger and he's just hard not to love you because you know he's doing it on his own the jedi you know are basically all but extinct and he's doing it you know with no master guiding him he's just doing it from his gut and from what he knows is right and i'd have to include also speaking on that hera i think hera might be easily in my opinion uh, one of the most un one of the most unappreciated rebels in the Star Wars universe, and I rank her high for me specifically from season one. Talking about favorite crew members because 
she just does she's the constant professional on the team even more so than the two jedi that are part of the the ghosts she's right. she's always taking care of business always making the the tough decisions it does not matter the consequences she knows what is expected of her and how can you put past the fact that she is a badass pilot and i'm i'm you know i can't wait to see more of that in the following uh, seasons and i just and i also and i think i mentioned this in the, in one of the previous episodes i love how she breaks the mold of what a twilight character is in the right in the star mm-hmm. wars universe this this is a pilot she's a she's a master pilot for all intensive reasons and the twilight are typically the dancers the entertainers and that's not hera i i absolutely love that about her character so i'd probably rank kanan and hera as my two favorite members from the first season right and just i mean just a little side note that it doesn't mean anything but to me <laughs> so i'm going to share it with you <laughs> uh, maybe this might resonate with, with some of you uh there was a video game called uh disney infinity and it was it, it was one of those where it had this little portal thing and they sold character little figurines that you would put on that portal and then that character would appear on your screen and you could play as as you know mickey mouse or captain jack sparrow or whatever well as <laughs> as the as they created more video games, they started to include Marvel characters and Star Wars characters, specifically after Disney purchased both those properties. Anyway, I say all that to say uh, I never played the game, but I really liked the figures because I'm a toy collector. So, mm-hmm. of course, I bought I bought all of the, the Star Wars characters. I got, you know, Darth Vader, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker. They had everyone from the original trilogy, basically Chewbacca. Um, then they also had the sequel trilogy people, which was uh, Kylo Ren and Rey and Poe. And then they also had Clone Wars people, which was, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan and whatnot. And then they had these other five that I had no idea who they were. I didn't know, I didn't recognize <laughs> um these characters but they were listed under star wars and i'm like who the hell are these people and i was like i don't need them so i did not include them and if anyone knows me i'm a collector who likes to be have complete collections but i was willing to cut these five other characters off four other characters off because i didn't know who they were i didn't know who this purple monster looking guy was i didn't know who this other two jedis holding lightsabers were but after i watched this series the first thing i did was i went to ebay and i didn't care what the prices were i purchased (laughs) all of the extra rebels characters because they belong in my star wars disney infinity figure collection so i guess if nothing else that's the best way i can put it of how important this show became on my star wars fandom great story (laughs) oh (laughs) note one note for whatever reason they did not make a Hera version of a figure of her. They didn't. They, well, that's I, unfortunate. That is unfortunate. <laughs> and that, and you know, reading about it, there was a lot of angry Rebels fans who said, well, why didn't you make a Hera character? But I agree. I, I wish that there was. That all the other all the other ones are there except Hera and Chop. So Yeah, I feel like it's, I feel like Rebels is one of those stories where it's like, if you, the, for the people that love Rebels, you know, it's number one for me. Uh, it's gonna be hard to top. I can't leave a character behind. I can't say that like, oh, you can exclude this character. It's just, it's not possible. So I'd be in the same position. It's not even like a completionist type mentality. It's like, this is my family. They all have to be here. <laughs> right, exactly. So overall, a fantastic opening season to this great show. Uh, Roly, did you have any expectations of season two or what, what do you think? So I, I do expect to see 
I want to know now what I'm, I'm going to talk as if I haven't seen Rebels, right? So if I if I hadn't seen, already seen it, my expectations for season two is uh, I want to know now how much of a role Ahsoka is going to play with with the the crew of the Ghost, and also of course with Ahsoka's appearance, she also brings the Rebel Alliance into the picture. So I'm interested to see how the the Ghost crew starts integrating you know operating with other rebel cells as now ezra is completely <laughs> enamored with the idea right. he's like oh we're a cell awesome <laughs> <laughs> so that's my expectation of to keep to other expectations like for our podcast for example talking about season two i expect to get more revelation on details that i have i have not seen in my two times that i've already seen season two of rebels so i'm excited to break down those episodes and bring uh shine some light onto onto those details for our viewers and listeners right right okay so as far as i'm concerned i basically have the same thoughts that you do except i'm flipping it and i want to know if vader's going to be the big baddie for <laughs> season two how much vader are we going to get as far as season two goes uh i want to know if ahsoka is going to be like a permanent member of the crew is she going to hang out with them from now on or is she just going to kind of pop in and lead them a couple of episodes throughout the throughout the run of the season me too i want to i i like seeing that now that they've become a cell and they're part of the rebel alliance seeing other cells seeing other characters come in to try and, and help them with their missions and uh, i definitely want to see more uh, cameos from the, uh, the from the nostalgic side of me to see more cameos from you know past movie characters come in and pop in hopefully yeah for sure so that brings us to the end of our season one recap and uh Roly, it's been a hell of a ride there with you so I'm, I'm very thankful that you came along with me or i came along with you however you want to see it <laughs> Yeah, thanks for making it happen, man. I, it's I know we specifically have to do not only do homework, but you know set aside time so that we can do our podcast. But I'm glad I'm always happy to do it, and I'm I'm glad that you share that same uh, enjoyment with me. So um, I only ever want to put on a great product for the viewers and listeners, and it's awesome to you know share those comments and see that people are excited about the content that we're contributing to the star wars universe <laughs> right definitely okay so here's where i want to remind you guys once again to like share and subscribe rate share it with a friend let them know let them know that, that this show exists i also want to remind you guys again that that uh we're going to be moving on to Fridays. This show would have already dropped on Friday, so you know that already. But just in case you were looking for it Wednesday, just a reminder once again, we're going to be dropping every Friday morning. Same time, same place, just different day. So that brings us to the end of this season one recap. We will kick off next week with season two, episode one, which is called The Siege of Lothal, part one. It's a two-parter, so it's definitely going to end in some sort of a cliffhanger. And it's going to want me to just kind of speed through it and go watch number two and hope that week goes by really fast but anyway any parting thoughts really nope excited to continue the journey we still got three more seasons to go so keep staying with us we're not going anywhere plenty of rebels ahead so if that's it then this has been pete salas along with rolando zamora saying may the force be with you always goodbye from lothal <laughs>